0: coaches welcome to this episode of the mesh point podcast we're excited to share a new sponsor for this season watch game film the simple way to watch exchange and manage game film we understand that ease of use is paramount to productivity so our platform provides you and your team with the right video solution so you can focus on the game you love our intuitive player includes instant replay slow motion play loop rewind and more plus our platform includes video telestration illustration and commenting features, enabling you to convey clear coaching points to your staff and athletes. When it comes to sharing and trading film, our XL platforms offers many ways to exchange with your friends, conference, or opponents, even if they're using other film management systems. Plus, we make it easy to communicate with your own team with the ability to message user groups, individual teams, or even contacts outside your team. We know the importance of highlight reels for athletes and recruiters, our highlight tool allows athletes and teams to create the ultimate highlight reel and show their talent to the world. So what about costs? Our packages start at just $100 a year, or $50 per season for on screen and in text. That includes unlimited film and unlimited users. Our mission is to help coaches and athletes succeed without forcing them to spend limited funds on overpriced software. Ready to get started? Go to watchgamefilm.com. Again, that's watchgamefilm, all one word.com to discover how watching and exchanging and managing film can be both simple and affordable. This episode is sponsored by GameStrat. If you're in the need of a sideline replay system, look no further than GameStrat. GameStrat has the fastest sideline replay system on the market, and they provide 24 7 customer support. Their systems can be used for multiple sports like football, basketball, and volleyball. Bottom line, making in-game adjustments equals winning more games. Go check out GameStrat on Twitter at GameStrat or on the web at www.gametimestrategy.com we would also like to mention a new sponsor of the podcast this year, Just Play Solutions. I know most of you know about Just Play and how they can take your game preparation to the next level. From scout cards to player quizzing to installs, Just Play provides coaches with football playbook and game planning tools to prepare faster and engage with today's athlete. Make it a party to check out Just Play this offseason before your league opponents do. Visit www.justplaysolutions.com, sign up for a free do- demo, and let them know we sent you. All right, uh welcome to the Mesh Point Podcast. Uh tonight we've got Brian Gallagher, he's the head coach at Boonton High School up in New Jersey. Coach, how you doing, man?
1: Doing great. Doing great. Like I said, uh this is an honor for me. I've been i I've been a listener since day one of this deal. And uh, you know, to to be among some of the, the guys that you've had on here is quite an honor for me.
0: Well, we're excited to have you, man. Um, why don't you kick us off? Talk about, you know, your background and uh and where you played, and uh, and your coaching journey, and kind of all the way up to to being at Boonton now.
1: Yes, sir. I um, you grew up the son of a football coach. My father, Jerry Gallagher, is uh, you know, he's got all the 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 wing tee uh, background. If you've studied wing tee, you've probably seen him talking about something or other along the way. So I grew up, you know, in his coach's office. I was as spoiled as it can be. If you're gonna become a football coach one day. But then in high school, I played at Morris Knowles High School in Rockaway, New Jersey for Bill Regan Jr. Um, And so if there's any, you know, split-back veer guys that are listening, uh, Coach Regan is a a legend in that regard. Uh, He's on his – I think this will be his 46th season as the head coach at Morris Knowles. Wow. It's been split-back veer from day one until today, and they still – Gain a million yards there in, you know, the big boy league here in New Jersey. And, uh, you know, I was real fortunate to play for him. And then uh, played in college at the College of New Jersey, formerly known as Trenton State Division Three, uh, up here for another. Um, coach Eric Hamilton was my coach there. And uh, he was another lifer. You know, he's a, a legend there at the College of New Jersey. And uh, so I was fortunate to learn from him. And then uh, coaching-wise, I coached for a year at Hamilton West High School, coaching the freshman team. And then uh, I was with my father at Montville High School for seven years. I was his special teams coordinator and then the defensive coordinator for the last three. And uh, for the last nine, I've been uh, at Booton High School, small school in New Jersey, and um, another part of it is that all along the way, uh, in the summers, um, I was working with the national wing tee camp and Dave McDonald and Tom Herman. And so I was really lucky to to be with those guys all the time. And, you know, while a lot of my friends were, you know, getting the shore house for the summer or whatever, I was driving, uh, all across the country coaching wing tee camps with those guys and learning a lot of football. So I said, I've, I've been spoiled, man. Some of the the coaches that I've just been blessed to be around from the beginning. Uh, I've been a lucky guy.
0: Well, it's, it's, that's, that's awesome. And again, we've had some guys that have, you know, had dads that have been in coaching and, you know, you can kind of see the passion that sort of emulates through. And, uh, I mean, obviously your dad's, Well, very well known. So, um, and he's put a lot into, I think the important part of helping coaches, you know what I mean? And that's, um, free, free giving and want you to be successful follows up. So, you know, and I know you're the same way. So, but that, that's awesome. Um, well, I kind of probably know this answer too, but (laughs) hit a, hit a mentor too that, uh, you know, that you've already talked about kind of but. Yeah, you hit a couple guys, you know, when 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 you got to make a tough decision and, and chips are down, who you going to call to help you make those decisions?
1: For sure, yeah, that, that's always going to start uh, with my father. You know, we talk just about every day, um, maybe every other day once the season gets rolling, but um, you know, just like I said, the the greatest thing that he did, I think, uh, you know, you hear a lot about like coaching is awful demanding on us, uh, in terms of your, your time and maybe not being able to be around your family as much as you might like. Um, but he never, ever, when I was a little kid, if there was something where, um, we didn't have school, you know, he never said no to, can I come to work with you today? You know? And, uh, even when we couldn't do that, you know, he would leave a note every morning, like out by the breakfast, uh, You know, sometimes it was, you know, clean your room, uh, help mom (laughs) today. Right. Uh, And other times it was, you know, a letter about leadership and things you can do. Um, So the other one, like I said, is uh, Coach Regan uh, from Morris Knowles. Uh, There's just nothing – with guys like that, there is no situation that comes up that they haven't had, you know. Um, Then – you know, since we've really become full-time option, uh, I could never say enough good things about Ken Wheaton. Uh, I just think it's incredible. Um, the You had actually put us in touch, Matt, uh, in, the, in the beginning there. And the thing I'll never forget was that the first time I ever called him, it was like 4.30 on a school day. I had just finished up weight room, and I was calling him to, you know, let him know that we had some interest in having them up to do a camp at our place. And I said, you know, coach, thanks for your time. I just wanted to uh, ask you a couple questions. And, you know, it was an hour and 15 minutes later that like I had to cut him off. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I, I was the one reaching out and he was doing me a favor yeah. and uh, just the most generous. Um, there is never a time when I've called him. And if, you know, there's times where he can't talk right this second, but, Right. He always gets back and I think it just has a genuine care for the, the coaches that he works with um, so you know being around people like that uh, you know I think that you 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 feel a uh, uh, responsibility to to then pass that on you know um, you want to be a coach that's helpful to to your players and also to other coaches you know any chance that you get
0: yeah, and, and you know, with 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 the guys you're naming along with Dave and and I mean, you know, um, there's a wealth of knowledge there. And again, you've been around guys that have always wanted to help other guys. You know what I mean? They've always wanted to help other coaches. never been a, you know, hey, we're, we're going to charge you whatever and then run away and never see you again. You
1: know what I mean? Like, like sure, always you know the, do, the thing uh, with Dave and Herm too is that. You know, I think another thing that's important is that we don't just like settle in on one mentor or one coach that we're trying to copy. I always thought it was fascinating. I would I would be the running backs coach of those camps. And Herm would have the offensive linemen and Dave would have the quarterbacks. And so I would watch and Dave was like by the end of camp, he was like best buddies with these quarterbacks. He knew everybody's name. You know, it was a two-day camp, um, and they are high-fiving each other and everything else. And then you look down the other end, and Herm is screaming bloody murder at some kid that he just met, you know, 45 minutes ago. Uh, But Herm would say, shock and repetition, Brian, shock and repetition. That's how kids (laughs) learn. Uh, But when those camps would end, you know, kids would be coming up and giving both of them a hug. You know, so I think it was a good picture and something that I always think about. Like, there's a place for both. You know, there's a place to be the disciplinarian and there's a place to be uh, the buddy. And so, um, you know, I've learned a ton from those two also. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Well, hey, Coach, talk about um, why you transitioned from the wing tee to the flex bone. Maybe talk about um, uh, the camps that you have with the Harding guys that they came, came up there to New Jersey.
1: For sure, for sure. The uh, the beginning of it for us was, so when I took the job at Putin, my father came with me, so we actually reversed roles. He was an assistant on my staff for the first two years at Putin. And um, we had gone down to, Roger Holmes runs a wing teeth clinic in Georgia. Uh, we had gone down to his clinic. And the thing that was so interesting to me that weekend was that it seemed like all of the wing tee guys, they were mostly Georgia and Florida guys that were there. It was buck sweep and trap and waggle. And they all seemed to run midline. And up here in New Jersey, if you were wing T, you were buck sweep, track, waggle, belly, keep pass, you know, maybe down, down option. Uh, but I was like, wait a second. And I was at the time, our league was almost entirely wing tee, So, we said right there like this can be our thing that separates us a little bit and fortunately we had set it up that when that clinic ended we were going to do a day at Georgia Tech Um, and so you know me and my dad sat in that it was the the defensive backs meeting room at Georgia Tech with you know like hours and hours of uh, midline film that day and uh, that was kind of the start of it so it wasn't like a total overhaul for us. We had been running midline for four or five years when we made the full uh, switch. But um, the other part of it was we, we had a year where we had a whole bunch of injuries and we just didn't have um, a, a dominant tight end. We didn't have a kid that fit like that spot. And so we were always so much power and belly to the tight end side and at some point, like week four of that season, we've – four weeks of watching our tight end get his butt kicked. It's like, what are we doing? Like, we got some fast guys. And so we ended up, like, the second half of that year being in spread almost the entire time. And we could do, you know, the majority of the wing T stuff we were doing. We were running, like, split-side power. We were running a ton of jet and belly with the slot folding. Um. But you fall in love with, or at least I did, with being in a balanced formation. You know, the picture just always seemed so neat to me um, of what the defense was doing. There's only so many choices. Uh, so that was a big factor, too. And then, you know, when we made the decision for sure was it just – it seemed like we had made some playoff runs. We had been in the semifinals uh, twice. Uh, and we'd been in the semis three times and a couple of times made it out of the first round. But um, we got beat by like three threes that were stunting and blitzing all over the place. And we were bad on assignments. Uh, we had just gotten to a point where we were so jet sweep and being unbalanced. And we just came out of the last time saying, I do not want to have to figure this out on a whiteboard again if we get our ass kicked I want to be able to fix it in a drill and not on the whiteboard like we have been really blessed with kids that play so hard (laughs) like we just got tough kids um that maybe are not you know football savants and are going to go up and draw the x's and o's on the whiteboard um let's let them sort it out and if 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 we get beat, we want to be able to fix it in a drill and not uh, on the whiteboard. And so uh, we made the decision and I started reading everything. That's how actually we got in touch which was um, it was the mid triple article on, uh, on Flexbone uh nation there. Um, and I just saw, you know, coaching for my dad, like I have an appreciation for detail, you know, Cause I would always, we would go out and work those camps and I would come home and say, Hey, we were with this team in Ohio and they're running such and such. And he would say, get me details and get me tape. Like, <laughs> that, yeah, you know? yeah. um, but now I'm reading these articles. and I'm like, okay, this is legit right here. So that was when I had emailed you just, you know, to tell you a great job and, and thanks. And, uh, I had asked if you were in the, in the camp business at all. And, uh, that was where you set me up with Coach Wheaton, and yeah, yeah. So the rest is history, I guess.
2: Coach, I had a quick question, just piggybacking off what you just said. Like, did you notice, you know, going from the from the, the wing tee type stuff to, to 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 more flex bone? I'm sure you run wing tee stuff still within what you do, right? But um, did you were you checking plays like you can in the uh, the flex bone, or is that kind of what
1: what yeah. what you like about it? Yeah. It was, so we would have like. Jet check with me so we were getting an unbalanced and called jet check with me or guard trap check with me and run it to a three technique um, but not nearly to the level uh, where we're doing it now in that last season and where I where I was talking like we ended up in spread quite a bit um, we did start doing like freeze uh, and so we had a crappy wristband at the time with you know just a couple of options on it uh, but we could at least That's the other thing. I just fell in love with, like, we are going to start every game ever. Like, the guys that we play, they know it. We will be in spread. We will run one of the two halfbacks in motion and jog them back. Um, You know, I think you get a picture of what they practiced all week, you know. Um, At least one of the, you know, two or three things that they practiced all week. So... Yeah, I think it, we have so much more freedom and ability to do that now uh, than we did.
0: Well, Coach, talk about uh, talk about Boone's an option, man. What's it What's it look like? And uh, you know, a little bit. I think kind of got to why you were on it, but you know, a little maybe a little bit more about that. But what What does it look like for you guys? Because it's different everywhere.
1: It is. It is. It's awesome. Uh, that's one thing, man. This. Quarantine. There's either, either going to be the, the smartest coaches in America or, or the most confused football teams in America. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I have discovered so many uh, other option teams throughout this whole thing and watched so much tape. It's like, yeah, you start, your head is spinning by the end of it. But um, now, I mean, we're, we're 100% no huddle. Like, our kids wouldn't know how to get in a huddle. Um, we are at the extreme, extreme theme of, of being simple, um, you know, really, really hesitant to, to put in anything new um, unless there's like a, a really clear-cut reason for it. Um, you know, we're close by West Point here, so um, we're going to be really aggressive on fourth down. I think that's been a big uh, thing for us. You know, our, I think our kids take a bunch of pride in that, you know, we talk about two and a half yards of play and uh, we're going to be tough to stop. Uh, so we don't punt very much. Uh, if it's close, we're we're going to give it a shot because, you know, it's it's kind of we're going to fight our fight, you know, like we are what we are. If we're getting stuffed on fourth and two, then we're probably in trouble anyway. Uh, we need to be able to hold on to the ball. So um, we throw it when we need to. Um, But, uh, you know, we want to be really uh, aggressive and tough and and try to wear people down. Um, And just, again, I think we are really, really scared to to add anything new. We want to just be as good as we can possibly be at a a couple of things. Um, You know, one of the – a thing that I think is a big deal, I remember – being at a clinic and watching Navy speak, was it, um, son of a gun, what was their their half, their slots coach name? Uh, Danny O'Rourke. O'Rourke, yep, yeah. that's it. So he spoke at one of the clinics up here, and um, he talked about how they have the Bible upstairs, and just like we said, run the kid in, in fake motion, jog him back, and then just flip to that page. It's like, okay, this is what we do against this right um so you know there's certain things that like again in, in the wing t is like, like we got to run our reps of belly so we got to run it against the two i and then we got to run it against the three where we cross block it yep. and we got to be ready for all that um, but where we're at now i think it's just like if there's a three now we're just not going to do it uh you know like a, a mid double against a three three, and it's just not a thing for us. Like we don't practice it, uh, we don't do it because you know the area read and your yeah. tackles trying to sort things out as he outside releases. Um, we just won't do it. Uh, so it definitely place an emphasis on simplicity and yeah. fundamentals. You know drills. Oh, yeah.
2: Well, coach, you had a tremendous success last season, and um, I, I remember watching your—you um, did a Chief Pigskin uh, uh, video on the toss, right?
1: Yes, sir. And yeah. um,
2: I, I, I'm, it was—you we did were
1: like doing job. toss presentations there.
2: I'm telling you, man. But, yeah. Hey, I, you, you did a great job. I really enjoyed it. And um, I, one thing that really intrigued me was uh, you were talking about zone dive and how uh, integral uh, it was in your your success last year. Can you talk maybe a little bit about zone dive?
1: Yeah, man, that's uh, that's where it all, you know, starts for us for sure. Like our kids kind of um, – they take a lot of pride in it. Uh, and I just think, you know, again, perfect example of just trying to get really good at something. Like uh, I don't think there's any more just fundamental football play and toughness football play, um, you know, like we signal our stuff, so we have a hand signal and and we have a wristband for each play. And um, you know, late in the game or like third and two, there maybe have been some of our guys that look over and are signaling zone dive to me. You They're know, telling you you cut up all the plays, but you yeah. also kind of love to see it. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. You know, the thing I love with it, I mean, we were. Uh, 16 per game last year. And then if we run zone dive follow too, more of like a short yardage, we don't change rules or anything. Uh, if you include those, we were 19 plays per game were, were zone dives or follows last year. Um, and we were uh, uh, 9.78 per play on, uh, on zone dive and 71% efficient. Um, but again, I just think... Um. It doesn't matter what front they're in, you know. Like even I'm a. All
0: right, here we go. All right, go.
1: Um. Zone Yeah. The, the, yeah. The the fact that it's um safe against all fronts, you know, I think is where, um. You know, the, when when if there's a defense that you don't like it against then it's pretty obvious like you should be running toss. Okay. Cause you know, the only thing that says don't run zone dive right now is like a whole bunch of guys, uh, right. in between the two tackles. Right. Right. Um, so I, probably for us, it's, um, uh, it probably pairs up more with toss than it does, uh, with inside veer. And I know that that's not, you know, like what it was initially designed for, uh, but that's just kind of what we've been, I think, the last couple of years. So if we we were 16 zone dives I, and then I think it was seven tosses uh, per game and then like five each on the rest of the big five mm-hmm. uh, inside of years, mid-doubles, mid-triples. But, um, yeah, so, you know, I think that could change. Like I think we got to be ready to be better at, at running inside of here and pulling the ball because, um, you know, I'm sure guys are going to – going to work on it and get better against it right but, um that's been our deal the last couple of years for sure yeah. hey um real quick talk about
0: how you guys are practicing are you pods and half lines and all of that stuff and or or no or what are y'all doing yeah we're
1: pretty much uh 100% harding if you've ever seen coach Wheaton speak but minus the half line that's the only part um that we don't have in there. Uh, So I don't know. I think that we can rip through our team period pretty well. And, you know, I I think getting, getting some reps uh, like scooping on the backside and that whole kind of deal. Um, We are not physical in practice. Uh, You know, I I definitely could see that being a thing that might scare some people. I know it scared me in the beginning. Uh, Like we're going to be soft um, but I do think you've got to be really uh, – do, do a great job in your individual periods. Like our linemen, um, you know, are banging bags and getting after it. Pete Lanisa coaches our offensive line and does a tremendous job. Uh, but I, I also think there's something to be said for the idea that, you know, when they don't get to bang a lot during the week, um, there's something to be said for the idea of, like our, they're foaming for the mouth, foaming at the mouth for it by the time you get to Friday night, yeah, um, and you know I think we've we've been able to stay more healthy and um, when we're in team, uh the coaches make up the play side of the defense one hundred percent, you know, I know uh coach you helped me out a lot with that up at the uh, yeah bit, the uh, clinic there yeah. two years ago, yeah. um, but again, having coach Wheaton in. And, like, when he does those camps, it's a full day beforehand. He just teaches the staff this is how you practice. Right. Um, and so just your ability to give all the different looks you want to look at, all the different reads that the quarterback could get. Um, I just can't imagine trying to tell Johnny sophomore uh, yeah. to do that. You know, I'm amazed. Every time we go watch Army practice – yeah, it blows my mind the way he yells out a defense, and those scout team guys, like their backup offensive guys. I mean, they are running like they know exactly where to go. Yeah, like that is not happening at Food High School, man. Like, <laughs> our kids don't know a four-three from a wingy offense. They don't know yeah. what the hell. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's not just their coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't want them to, you know. I just yeah you know right. what to do on yeah you know. Yes, yeah. five please. Hey,
0: I got a question for you real quick before Tony chops in. Um are you using some of the army analytics stuff with regards to fourth down and and yards per play and things like that within a series?
1: Yeah. I've always uh we always have done a detailed like look at our offense at the end of every year. Right. Um, and with this thing, uh with not having school all spring, yeah. I mean yeah. Again, I feel like uh, – You've diced it up, huh? <laughs> yeah. We, we have, like, everything analyzed by down and yeah. uh, the whole deal but, right now. But, like, when you're calling plays
0: in a series during a game, are you using some Army's in-game analytics on where they go fourth down or not and that kind of – stuff? I don't know. I mean, you mentioned yeah. it earlier. But okay, yeah.
1: Right. Not so much. Like, we, I don't, I'm not standing there with a chart or anything. Uh, like, I've seen him look at his thing real quick sometimes. Yeah, right. um, but I just like, you know, from from our thirty-five out. If it's fourth and less than three, we're going uh, you're, you're, again. Just in terms of like, you know, fight your fight. Like this is if we if we ain't holding on to the ball, if we're going three and out. We not winning anyway. Um, right. And you know, I think it's also like the the message. That the kids are getting, you know, that they're they're confident and they believe in it. Um, I th- think that you need to be willing to to stick with it. You know, we had one in the fourth quarter of the sectional championship game. We're right there. We're on, I think we're on our own thirty-eight, and it's fourth and three, and we're up by a score. Um, but you know, we had said going in, like Pete and I, the the, the offensive line coach, like we got to be ourselves tonight, you know, just not get caught up in anything. And so zone dive and made the first down. And we end up chewing up like five more minutes on that thing. Um, so you gotta, you gotta live it. You know, you can't just talk it, I think.
2: That's awesome.
0: Definitely.
2: But coach, you talked a little bit about um, how you practice and using the hardened way and everything. And, um, uh, so I know – I kind of know your, your answer to this a little bit. We want to talk about, like, how you prepare for an upcoming opponent, right? And do yeah. you uh, – w- uh, do, do you worry about it all? Like, uh, me and Coach McLeod always talk about with guys uh, uh, how everybody guesses what defense they're going to get. <laughs> and then you yeah. show up and it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's nothing like you anticipated, right?
1: For sure. It's funny, man. Everybody plays that game. It's like every high school in America, I feel like. Or at least the option ones. Uh, we're a little different from them. Like Coach Wheaton says, we want to block every front every week. Uh, and it's incredible that the way he's got it all broken down. But where we've kind of gotten to is we're, we'll, we, we love to have, like, their week one film um, and, like, what is your base defense? Because the one thing I think we found is that generally if, if they're an odd front, we generally are going to get some form of an odd front, whether it's 50 or bear or 3-3. Three, three. So, like, I think we have odd front weeks and even front weeks. And so, um, if if their, like, base deal at their core, they're a 50 defense, then we're going to block 50, bear, and 3-3 three, three, uh, that week leading up to it. Maybe the day before, like, hey, just in case – get a rep a load against the 4-4, get a rep a switching against a 4-3. But um, that's kind of the way we do it is, uh, you know, is is it odd or even as their base deal? And the thing I think is that if they totally depart from that, you get to Friday night, they've been a 50 defense all year, and now they're playing 4-4. Well, then there's no way that they're great at it. So, like, we'll be able to sort it out. Um, you know, again, run zone die for two and a half as many times as we can until we have it sorted out. And then, uh, you know, attack them from there.
2: That's smart. I never thought about yeah, it. Like, that's great, that's, that's, that's great advice.
1: Yeah, just, yeah. When you get these, you know, the, the defense of the week, uh, yeah. again, like we just think about our stuff. Like, how good would we be if we just decided, hey, we're going to run buck sweep this week? and the kids have never done it, right. it would be a train wreck. Like, that's hard to do. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of been the way we've approached it. Very
0: cool. You mentioned earlier you pass it if you have to. What, what kind of uh, – I mean, obviously, I know you got your play action stuff. Are you, are you working, like, some boots, some sprint outs, some three steps? Uh, what, what are you kind of doing passing game-wise um, to kind of complement things?
1: Yeah, so we're we're uh play action off of inside veer and off of toss action and then sprint out. Okay. Um we probably we have again being quarantined. Uh if we can ever have practice again, <laughs> uh we feel pretty good about wanting to add some three step this year. Like I love yes. uh, uh Wofford back I don't know, going back a few years, but uh running the motion opposite and then throwing like choice route to the the backside guy is an idea that we feel good about going into the season, but I don't know if we're ever going to be able to practice it. Um, So that's something we've looked into too. Uh, We probably should throw it a little bit more than we have. Uh, But, you know, I I think you got to practice the hell out of it. You know, the one thing that we stopped doing altogether was like seven on seven. Um, We throw a ton of routes on air. And just feel like we can be more productive. That when we do throw it, it's generally because we know, yeah. you know, like there's nobody covering the post right now, uh, right? So let's not screw this up when we get the open shot at it, you know? Right. Um, yeah. Right.
2: Well, coach, can you leave us with uh, maybe one or two drills that um, you know you think you got to do every day uh, with this to make this offense successful? And then also maybe talk about the equipment needed. Uh,
1: for, for sure, for sure. Um, I think if if I had to pick one, and again, I've I've listened to this thing uh, from the beginning, so I definitely don't have much, uh, you know, groundbreaking uh, to to add to the conversation. But if there's one thing that I do think is important, I was thinking about this today from like our offensive line individual, is that uh, um, within their routine. Our guys scramble drive every day, um, you know, against a heavy bag with a partner giving some resistance and with the board in between them. And I think that it's a tremendous drill for working the lower body part of a drive block and for working to keep your head up. But I just think the, the mindset that comes along with it, like the fact that our line goes over there every day and Pete tells them, Fellas, when we run for 400 yards on Friday night, it's going to be because of this period right now. And then you're bear crawling against the heavy bag. You know, um, there's that, that element of toughness and uh, element of discipline that I th- think goes a long way. So, And, uh, you know, I think that one's relatively easy to add. If you, if, you know, you're an option coach out there that's not doing that every day. Um, you know, it's not rocket science to, to be able to plug that one into your routine, um, and I, it's just one that I think is important. I think those guys fitting and driving also uh, is a big deal. Um, for the backs, uh, now I'll say this in terms of equipment, uh, the boards that we have, uh, I think, are important. That we they're like the hard yellow plastic ones. So we have a couple of the. Uh, the light fisher ones that like you can fold them up and they're easier to carry. But the ones that like our starting group will use, it sucks if you step on it, right? Your cleats are going to slide off of it and you're going to learn not to do it again. And I think that's an important piece of equipment. They're a pain in the butt to move back and forth. Like we go from the practice field to the turf sometimes for practice, but um, you know, those things are worth their weight in gold. I think, yeah. um for the backs um so from spending time with with Greg Webster at Springfield he talks about north cuts uh all the time and so we built um there's those running back shoots you know it's just a whatever a, a rectangular deal um and it's like 300 bucks on a gilman site or something but it's 1295 in pvc pipe at home depot So we built three or four of those. And so we always have, whether it's an individual with our fullbacks or when we take them over to option drill, we've always got one for their path that keeps them down and on their path. And then we always have one that's squared up for them to make a north cut, you know, and get vertical. Um, And so, you know, they're easy to move when you switch sides. Uh, I think those are good to have. And um, I definitely think like the, just repetitive nature of making that north cut every time, uh, you know, has been important for our fullbacks for sure.
2: Well, Those are some good things. I mean, you, you you added a lot more than you think to this conversation. Trust me, out of the uh, uh, the podcasts <laughs> we've we've had. I mean, just just in game planning alone, right there, that I've learned something. They just talking with you. So I appreciate
1: it, man. Yeah, Thank you guys good. for having me. Yeah,
2: good stuff, coach. I appreciate you coming on.
0: Hey, real quick. So let's let's further the conversation on Northcutt, right? So, yep. Let's say we're running, I don't know, inside via the right. So we've got the maybe you've got a wicket there for the fullback to keep his pads, keep him on his aiming point. Let's just say, right? Yeah. Once he clears, talk about where you're putting that second PVC. I call them wickets, the shoot, whatever you call it, right? Talk about where that is in relation to. Like where he starts, you know what I'm saying, and how he finishes, you know what I mean. Just so, just a mental just the middle picture on. it?
1: For sure, yeah. So if you picture and on on zone dive especially, on, on both of them, zone dive and inside veer. Our rule is stay in the crease unless. So, uh, if you've seen Coach Wheaton speak, yeah, you know, and and listen, this is not me questioning him whatsoever. Uh, but I think they get a few more reps at it than we do. And, you know, maybe their kids get to see a little bit more film. But in terms of reading an action key, when we first started, we had the fullbacks trained up, man. When it's a three, we want you to be ready to sink and square, like come underneath the three. Um, and we just yeah. felt like there were so many plays where our kids were burying their head in there for like a three-yard play where if they had continued to run their crease, we had a big one. So we always, on, on both of those plays, uh, it's stay in the crease unless something appears in the B gap, then you can either sink and square underneath it or slide and square around it. Uh, but in terms of that second shoot, it's usually at about seven yards. So if you think about um, like if you, uh, uh, one high safety that's running the alley, you're cutting off of his back hip. Yep, yep. Um, it's kind of, you know, the the situation we picture. And it ends up happening um, sooner than you would think. Like uh, zone dive and a scraping inside linebacker ends up overrunning it because your kids are just so trained up to stick those cleats and make that north cut. Right. Um, but, yeah, I would say as a general rule, it's about seven yards deep, and it's perfectly square. So you picture that first – shoot is on the angle, the inside of your path angle, and the second one is perfectly north-south down the field. Yeah. Um,
2: That's important because, like, I remember back in the wishbone days and stuff, our fullback's our path was always hash number sidelines, right? Yeah. And so yeah. this yeah. takes yeah. kind of – it's a different take on it,
1: right? For yeah. sure. For sure. I was just – we did a clinic with, like, our youth coaches last week. And I was saying, like, that habit does not go away when they come to high school. Like, in you know, third-grade football, you hand the ball off on dive and that kid sprints around the sideline for a touchdown <laughs> or tries to anyway. Um, we have to beat that habit out of them too, you know. Yeah. Uh, yep.
0: Well, Coach, man, it was really awesome to have you on. I appreciate you. It was fun. I appreciate you coming on and uh, taking the time to be with us and, and we really enjoyed it
1: for sure, man. I appreciate you guys so much the, the stuff you've done with the website and the stuff you've done with this. And, uh, you know, it, it doesn't get any better for, for, for free. I mean, the stuff that you guys are willing to share without charging a million dollars for a subscription or any of that stuff yeah. uh, to me, you, you guys are people that do it right. And, uh, I'm certainly grateful, you uh, again, just honored, honored to be on here, man.
0: Well, hey, uh, it was our pleasure. Trust me. And, yeah. uh, you know, we hope you have the same same success you had last couple years, man, running it. And uh, tell your dad and Dave and Herm, we said hello, man.
1: For sure. Will do. All right. Good luck, fellas.
0: That's going to wrap this episode of the Meshpoint Point Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. You can download or listen to our podcast at iTunes, Spotify, or the Google Podcast app. You can go on and rate us if you think we're any good and leave some comments that you might think uh, you'd like to hear about in future episodes. Again, I'm Matt McLeod. You can reach me on Twitter at RunTheTriple. Again, that's at RunTheTriple. Our MeshPoint podcast uh, has its own Twitter page, and that is at TheMeshPoint. Again, at TheMeshPoint. You can also find me on Flexbonation.com have an option blog there and write articles and have plays uh, that can help you out during the season all right tony i want you to let the listeners know how they can get you on social media all
3: right guys go to three face football on twitter at three face football and uh you'll you'll be able to follow my account and um the cool thing about it is, is every Monday we do something called Mesh Point Monday and basically I'll post out four questions concerning a triple option topic and it's a great opportunity for coaches all around uh, the country and uh, to, to get together and network and, and uh, get to know each other and you know we'll talk about some kind of triple option topic so catch, uh, catch that every Monday 8 o'clock Eastern and uh, what you want to do is search the hashtag Mesh Point to see everybody's responses uh, to, to the four questions uh, Like I said, great Great way to uh, build our networks and and, and learn some things. It's like an ongoing webinar on Twitter. So it's real cool. Also, check out the website, threefacefootball.net. We've got some cool gear, like Fear the Veer, you'll see in the background here. Uh, Fear the Veer stuff, uh, Meshpoint gear, and and other things like that. So uh, go check out that website as well.